This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which airs live every Tuesday evening from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by Big Papa Smokers. Big Papa is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, and everything that you need to make a world-class pit out of a 55-gallon drum. Visit them at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and pits as well. You can visit them at thebbqguru.com. And by Cookshack, a leader in pellet and electric style cookers. Visit them for specials online at cookshack.com or call them at 800-423-0698. And by Sucklebusters. Sucklebusters products are preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% made in the USA, introduced first products to Barbecue Central over seven years ago. You can get in contact with them at sucklebusters.com, like them on their Facebook fan page, Sucklebusters, or visit thetexasbbqforum.com. Check them out and see why Sucklebusters means busting with flavor. And by Stephen DeFranco Jeweler, the official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Visit them at stephendefranco.com or call 440-943-2700. And by Butcher Barbecue, makers of injections, sauces, and rubs. Find them online at butcherbbq.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, a leader in the pellet grill market. You can find out more about their cookers by visiting greenmountaingrills.com. And by CookinPellets.com, a maker of high-quality pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit them at CookinPellets.com, or you can find them at Amazon.com as well. This is Rennie Kanaw for ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. This is Rennie Kanaw for ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. You want to jump in on the show tonight? More than happy to have you. Telephone call. 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening tonight. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, a first-timer to the show. Well, maybe I should say this. First hour has nothing to do and solely to do and only to do with a very large competition that took place in Miami, Oklahoma over the course of this past weekend. 
Smoking at the Run, put on by David Qualls. We will have the grand, the the overall grand champion. It was a dual contest day, so this is the overall winner with the highest score on both days. Brad Leiniger getting basted joins me at 9.14, and then we'll move on to 9.35. Talk a little bit more in depth on the business and organization side of that contest. David Qualls from American Dream Barbecue Team and the creator and promoter and organizer of the Smoking and now the third annual Smoking at the Run, Miami, Oklahoma event. So there's your first hour. Second hour, we'll grab a couple more regions of the country. This is a little bit more west and south. 10-14 first-timer to the show and winner of the Santa Anita Barbecue Championship, Mike Lindley joins us. Smoking Moe's Barbecue Pitmaster. And finally, we will open up the bullpen of the show and find out what it's like to win a Sam's Club local event from a guy who has seen a lot of face time early in this competition season. Pitmaster of Luton Booty, Sterling Smith, rejoins the show. So there you go. Brad Leiniger, David Qualls, Mike Lindley, and Sterling Smith, your lineup for this evening. 216 220 0966 Greg at the BBQ centralshow.com as I ask each and every week if you're watching or listening to the show live let everybody know that it is on you can take it in at your leisure at the main website the BBQ centralshow.com if you want the video stuff outdoor cooking channel.com has it Roku has it as well and some other internet protocol television so search the app store if you find outdoor cooking channel download it and then you have the live the live stream choice as well as a host of archives and don't forget, you can subscribe to iTunes for audio replays of the show, YouTube for videos, Outdoor Cooking Channel for videos, of course, the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com, for all video and audio replays. So there's no reason you should ever miss anything ever on this show. Ever. No excuse. First and foremost, correction. Last week in the open, in the last segment of the show, I mentioned that Travis Clark of Clark Crew Barbecue was a Big Papa Smokers elite team. No. Get that big stuff out of here. That's right, Austin Carr. I was wrong. I apologize to anybody that was potentially offended. I mean, I don't really. I was under the impression that he was. Uh, I believe he was, and then maybe he wasn't, or whatever, but. Nevertheless, the truth of the matter is, I was incorrect in the introduction. He is not Clark. Uh, he is not a Big Papa Smoker guy. He is not a West Coast offense guy, as I had made a mention. Uh, he did mention that during the uh, segment, but since I mentioned it, I want to make sure that I made my own corrections the following week, is what, uh, week which is what I am doing right now. Secondly, I got a lot, lot of email about the Barbecue Hall of Fame. You'll recall in the first segment last week, like right now, I had mentioned that the Barbecue Hall of Fame nominations were open. Like, they're taking nominations. And I said, hey, let's show what happens when the general public has the opportunity to nominate people for a Hall of Fame. Let's make it a drive for 2015 to get me on the nomination list for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. I said, make a letter, send it 
to this email address, bbq at americanroyal.com. That's the email address, bbq at americanroyal.com. And write a letter about how I should be included in the celebrity slash humanitarian category and why and how I've changed the landscape of barbecue over the last eight years. And if uh, other people have already gotten in, I should be getting in as well, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe a lot of people didn't go back and listen to the show or they just read my Facebook post, which said, hey, I want to get in the Hall of Fame and let's make a group effort and grassroots and all this other stuff. And people are like, are you really campaigning for the Hall of Fame? Yeah, really. In a certain way, I am really campaigning. And who are you to say if you should be in the Hall of Fame or not? And, you know, this guy started a barbecue forum 20 years ago and he should be in and somebody else would pile in on my post and go, yeah, well, then this guy should be in as well. Look, here's all I have to say. Leave my post alone. I'm not asking for who or who should be in or who shouldn't be in. Believe me, I'm here to tell you that there are a number of people that should be in the Hall of Fame of Barbecue well before me. But the fact of the matter is that no Hall of Fame should be asking for nominations. And no Hall of Fame should be using categories to generate eyeballs and money and sponsorship and whatever else to supplement the categories which really lend meat to the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Mostly that of pitmaster, secondarily that of business person, and I'm still lost on the celebrity. Like, I feel, part of me feels very happy for Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy for getting into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. But to me, somebody like that should be in as a pitmaster. He shouldn't be in as celebrity. I mean, you're lumping him in with, uh, you know, Guy Fieri, for crying out loud. The first Barbecue Hall of Fame celebrity nominated. I mean, Adam Perry Lang, I like being in the Hall of Fame. I think he's done a lot. He's a good book writer. He's a great barbecuer. Very accomplished cook. I think should go in under Pitmaster. Pitmaster doesn't have to be a guy that competes on the circuit. Maybe there should be two subcategories competition pitmaster and just pitmaster and should we have restaurant pitmaster but don't come on my post on facebook and tell me that am i really campaigning to be in the hall of fame and then add on all of these other people should be in the hall of fame too i'm not here to dispute who should be in and and who should be out and so forth let me tell you who should be in the barbecue hall of fame that isn't in the barbecue hall of fame right now whoa ready for this how about Dave Close? Dave Close should be in. How about this guy? Changing barbecue once and for all. Shotgun Fred Perkle. Granted, posthumously would have to go in. There's no reason that Fred Perkle shouldn't be in before uh, uh, any number of people, considering what he did in the business aspect, how he changed the landscape of barbecue from a business standpoint. As much as it pains me to say, Ray Basso should be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. 
Now, uh, can we make arguments that his website is decrepitly old and very hard to read and not nice to navigate and all over this time, would you not have upgraded to, uh, to a more user interface? All up for debate. But should he be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. The guy was a huge success. The success that he had with banner ads and banner advertising and syndicating the banner advertising and having partners on a whole bunch of other different websites where if you signed up with him, not only would your ad be on the barbecue forum, it would be like on 25 other different websites. Incredibly forward-thinking back in the day. He should be it. I'm just scratching the surface. So if you're asking for nominations, I'm going to make sure that I am included in the nominations list, whether I deserve it or not. I have a following. People want to stump for me. I'm down for it. But a Hall of Fame should never be asking for public nominations. That is a slap in the face to Hall of Fame. That's what I'm saying. Are you interested in taking barbecue or smoked foods to the next level? Have you thought about starting a catering business, opening a food truck or a restaurant? Have you answered yes to any of these questions yet? Let Cook Shack help you be successful. Register for Cook Shack's Fast Eddie restaurant and catering class to be held in July. This class is held at the Country Club in Ponca City, Oklahoma, uses their commercial kitchen. You'll see how to cook on a Cook Shack charbroiler, an FEC 500, 120, 240, and SM160. All smokers used during the class will be available for purchase at a special rate to the participants of the class. The class has a classroom portion and a hands-on portion. If you want to handle meat, rubs, knives, this class is for you. Each student will learn how to select proper cuts, trim the brisket, the pork butt, the ribs, the chicken. Other topics to be discussed include menu items, cook and hold techniques, food safety, brining, profitability, and yields. It also includes setup of a dinner service and then working the service line for the patrons of the Country Club. The instructors are legendary. Fast Eddie, Ed Marin, Barbecue TV, Barbecue Pitmaster TV Show finalist Dave Bosco, Butcher Barbecue Competition Cooking Team, and Cook Shack CEO and President Stuart Powell. Each student will receive a binder with class materials, a thermopen, and a Cook Shack apron to take home with them as well. It also includes three nights hotel, meals, a tour of Cook Shack's manufacturing facility, and a tour of Head, Con- Head Country's barbecue manufacturing facility. Wow. This class, July 13th and 14th, is limited to 25 students. So sign up right now today. For more information, contact Krista with Cookshack at 800-423-0698. That's Krista, C-H-R-I-S-T-A, with Cookshack, 800-423-0698. Or email her at C underscore Jones at cookshack.com. That's July 13th and 14th. The Cook Shack's Fast Eddie Restaurant and Catering Class. Get after it. It's going to fill up fast. 25 spots. All right, we are back with Brad Leiniger to talk a little smoking at the run when we come back. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. Don't worry. With CookinPellets.com, not only are you going to get great pellets, it's not going to void any of your pellet-driven cookers' warranties, so don't fall for that. It's CookinPellets.com, or you can buy from Amazon.com as well. All right, as mentioned, the first hour all about the Smoking at the Run contest that was held in Miami, Oklahoma this past weekend. Joining me now... The overall grand champion of the weekend. Let's uh, race over the hotline and welcome in first-timer of the show, pitmaster of getting basted, Brad Leininger joining me on the show. Brad, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Greg. You got it. Appreciate the time tonight, Brad. And, you know, I guess before we get into the recap of the weekend for the folks that maybe aren't as familiar with you and getting basted and all that fun stuff, uh, how you got into maybe barbecue in general, and then when you decided to step it up and get into the competition side of things? Sure. Um, you know, we live down in the woods of the Ozarks, so uh, barbecue is kind of in our blood. Uh, we got the opportunity to compete. Uh, we started our first contest uh, about three years ago, almost to the day, at our local contest here in Springfield, Missouri. So we showed up and uh, cooked, got three calls, finished in the top ten overall, and then we won $1,000 and a free trip to Las Vegas for cooking potato salad, of all things. So we decided uh, we'd keep on doing it. So we've been doing it ever since, and every year we picked up more and more competitions. I ended up doing, uh, oh, probably 22, 23 in uh, 2013, and we did over 30 last year, and we'll do over 30 again this year. Is it all KCBS stuff, or do you intermingle in different sanctioning bodies? We, we have done... A couple of IDCA events, they uh, had one. Well, they don't have it anymore, but the Southern Crop guys had one down there in Hot Springs, Arkansas, we used to love to do. So bring that back, guys, if you're listening. And uh, we've done some uh, St. Louis Barbecue Society stuff, too, just just a couple of them. But in general, mostly KCBS stuff. Brad, when you went to that very first one, how did you find out about it? Did you know that there were competitions lying around? Was it advertised in the paper? Did you have some buddies say that there was one coming up? I just wonder how... You know, if you're around it, uh, just barbecue is, is the hobby, where you find out about it as the sport? Well, we, I, we'd always kicked around, you know, we'd go up to the American Royal and uh, sit there and stare and awe at the personalities there, Johnny Trigg and all those guys. So we were always kind of aware of the competition barbecue aspect of it, but we really were kind of hesitant to take the leap uh, until a friend of ours had entered the contest here in town and he couldn't make it. So he had the entry and, and, my brother-in-law and I, Michael, were sitting there going, you know what, we've talked about this for a long time. Let's go ahead and do it. And, I mean, it's really changed our life. I mean, that's, uh, you know, my whole family. You know, we bring our, our three kids with us, my wife. You know, we're all, I mean, that's what we do. I mean, we, we barbecue, we get ready for barbecue, and, and we love the people. And I, it's just very fortunate that we ended up taking that leap. Brad Leininger joining me here on the show, Pitmaster of Getting Basted. Uh, Brad, as you look back over the course of this past weekend, uh, the third incarnation of Smoking at the Run, I was at the very first one uh, and, and kind of saw the baby being born, and it was just a single-day competition. And even at the start, there was 55 teams and really a lot of top-notch teams to boot, and a lot of people were knocking the rust off of an off-season that had taken place, and this was their first or second cook. And to see it grow over the last couple of years has certainly been uh, very 
um, informative and exciting for me. But was this your first foray into the smoking at the run, or had you done it in the year or two past? No, we did it last year. Uh, you know, we're not too far from Miami, and we know David and Christine Qualls, they put on a first-class event if uh, you haven't had a chance to get out there and see it. Uh, but it's a chance, and like I said, knock off the rust, but more important, and I'm sure it'll come up later, it's a chance. It's almost like a family reunion. You know, everybody's there. It's a who's who. It's, it's almost like our Daytona. I mean, everybody's showing up. Everybody's cooking. And, and it's something to show up and do well there. So we got a couple top tens last year, and uh, we were fortunate enough to get a couple top tens out of the two days this year. So we've had a good run down there. So the biggest change from when I was down there hosting it was it was a one-day event. Now it's turned into a, a two-day event, and then the, the there is so that you have a one contest and there's a winner, and the next day you turn around and cook again is another winner, almost like a like a, the American Royal Invitational, American Royal Open per se. And then there's an overall of the two uh, when you combine the scores, you come up with uh, somebody who wins like getting based at the end of a weekend. So on cook number one, you know, all the way back uh, Saturday. Uh, how do or, or I guess let me ask you this since you had been to uh, the American Royal uh, a few times and seen that whole thing and you are taking part in doing competitions you know almost weekend in weekend out when you're doing 30 plus what's the mindset for going into a a cook where you're going to be doing it twice versus once is it the same thing is there a different mindset that you have to bring to kind of endure through uh, those kind of cooks um, no, I mean, I treat each day as its own own individual event. I mean, you know, it's just the week leading up is a little more hectic. You know, we set things up. We have our stuff prepped out. We have everything to go. Uh, so really, it's just two days. You're a little bit more tired, obviously, on the second day. And sometimes you're a little bit more focused. I think the food gets better there in Miami uh, on the second day because guys are really not wandering around. You know, we've seen our friends. We've done, you know, done our cook for the first day, and maybe we're just not – not real happy with what happened. So we're, we're really focused and, but you just got to take them each, you know, as they come, because it's difficult, you know, that, that crew down there and the people that were cooking, you just can't think ahead on, on Saturday to Sunday. So how did you find your particular cook on day number one? And uh, was there any changes that you felt like you needed to make any uh, adjustments in flavor profiling or saucing or anything like that? I had an uh, incidental change in the uh, flavor profile, but uh, it, it, uh, it, but no, I just came at it the same way. We had a pretty good cook both days. Uh, I was happy with my food both days, happy with my brisket both days, happy with my chicken both days. Uh, thought I overcooked my pork a little bit on both days, which kind of disappointed me because I tried to back off on day two and still ended up going a little bit long on it, but uh, ended up not hurting me too bad. So, no, just ramped the, ramped the program. Was there anything outside of the normal stuff, and aside from uh, maybe overcooking the pork twice, that you had to contend with? Weather was okay? Uh, there weren't any crazy people running around and knocking over pits or anything like that? I, I, that is not, except for us. Uh, on Friday <laughs> night, we got down there uh, late because the uh, Winnebago decided to break down on the side of the road in Joplin, Missouri. So uh, we had to scramble around and uh, got uh, Tim Shear's truck from Shake and Bake uh, they ran up there and grabbed a trailer so we could come down there and cook. So we didn't get there until probably 9 o'clock on Friday night. So that kind of set us behind the eight ball right from the beginning. So, yeah, we had some adversity. Most of it was self-caused, but uh, a little bit, uh, you know, from mechanical problems on the vehicle. So, Brad Leininger joining us here from Getting Base to talking about the past weekend in Miami, Oklahoma, smoking at the run. All right, Brad, so uh, 
overall, uh, you know, you're fairly happy with the Cooks. When you go into, you know, the the overall of the weekend, did you think because of, you know, how consistent you cooked that you had a shot at taking the overall championship here or, or kind of where, where did you think that you guys were lined up with everybody else? Because there's a lot of teams yeah. there, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I thought I had a chance until you hear uh, QL lay down a 707, and that kind of makes you doubt yourself a little bit. I mean, that was a big number, so I thought maybe he snuck in there. But, but I got eight the first day and then a reserve grand the second day, so I knew I'd be in the running for it at the end, that's for sure. So, you know, it, we scored good in brisket, and a lot of times scoring good in brisket, that's, that's you know, what separates the team. I mean, the chicken scores didn't break down, you know, below the 170s until the 40s. You know, you could be 41st place and still get a, a really good chicken score. So you score a bit of brisket at those big contests. Sometimes that's where you make your points up. Brad, when you finished reserve grand, as you said you had the, the good finish the day before, and you're called as overall champ of uh, the two-day finale. How do you find that achievement? Is it something, you know, early on in the season that you're looking to build off of? Is it something that you're just going to mark up overall, regardless of time and place and where you are in the season as kind of an all-timer situation? I mean, how does this win rank? Oh, yeah, it's up there. You know, we've got uh, Reserve Grand at uh, Sam's Club National Championship last year, so obviously that has to be up there. And I I was coming into this one, you know, we'd gone out and and ventured out earlier in the year, decided to cook. We cooked out in uh, Lake Havasu City, and uh, the West Coast guys pretty much beat us down pretty good. And uh, then we went down to Tupelo, Mississippi, and the, the Southeast guys beat us down pretty good. So um, it, I needed it just to get back, you know, just get my confidence back, get back on, on the horse, know that my program, get confidence back in my program. So it, it came at a good time, and it is, you know, it's up there with the top two or three accomplishments I've had, you know, in competition barbecue, that's for sure. Brad, when you talk about getting out to have a Sioux and getting smacked around a little bit, and the same thing with Tupelo, do you, is that a program situation all on its own? Are there flavor profiles that you have to contend with or, or kind of know in those particular regions to help you do a little bit better? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, there were plenty of guys that, that cook in our area that went down there and didn't, you know, didn't fall on their face. So I don't necessarily think uh, it's a flavor profile issue. I, I, you know, I think it's just an execution issue, just being, being in a different area, just d- different uh obstacles to overcome and I just didn't have as good a cut there you know as I did this last weekend so so I think you just you know it, it's hard to sit there and switch up every weekend I would imagine I just I just run my same program every week and, and, and hope it scores what kind of a, a distance will you put on over the course of this year if you're going to be doing 30 contests do you kind of stay you know within a, a certain region or will you stretch it out a little bit and get wherever you're going uh well you know living where we live we're fortunate to have you know, multiple contests most of the time in the summer, every weekend. So we, we stick pretty close to home. Um, you know, we'll stretch out into Oklahoma, you know, into Illinois, uh, Kansas, obviously down into Arkansas. But once the season gets going, we'll stay close to home just to, you know, not rack up the miles. But you know, on the fringe edges of the season, sometimes you have to travel out, especially the colder weather. You know, you got to go south or you got to go west if you want to cook. So I imagine as the year goes on, we'll we'll do a little bit of that late in the year. But uh, as far as the summer goes, we'll, we'll stay here and, and in our neck of the woods. Brad, you talk about doing maybe 30-plus competitions this year. You know, that's a number where you can start really looking at a team-of-the-year situation if things kind of line up. Is that something that you went into this year looking to accomplish, or is that something where if you are able to, to rip off 10 really good ones, you put yourself in a position, but it's not something that really was on the front of the mind going into this season? 
I, I think it's a real hard thing to come into that with that expectation. Um, I, I'm just going to go out there, and if, if I put myself in a position, of course, I'll probably pick up some cooks towards the end of the year. But I'm just doing it. Like I said, we love doing it. We're doing it because we have fun. Uh, we're not really doing it to chase points. I mean, if the points come, then obviously I'm not going to turn down uh, any any team to year points. But that's that's not why I'm in it. You know, I'm in it uh, because you know we love the people we cook with, and you know a lot of good organizers, good judges, good teams out there, and, and it's just what our lifestyle right now. Right. It looks like I'm supposed to ask you about a pork butt that got dropped kick in the parking lot. Do you know anything about that? Oh, good lord! Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I did. David. Uh, David Qualls kind of asked for it by putting, he put all us uh, insane can posse guys together. We all took on gateway drums and there's a line of us. Oh, there were six or seven of us, Cosmos Q, Brewmaster, uh, Casey Can crew was down there, Shake and Bake Barbecue, um, Uncle BC's. We were all lined up down there and uh, we got into a little bit of the beer on Saturday night and Donnie Teal broke out the moonshine. And I think that's where things went really, really far south. So uh, at some point we decided to have the, uh, uh, the punt the punt pass and throw contest, apparently a meet. And uh, uh, Tim Shear of uh, Shake and Bake brought me a pork butt over that he thought had gone a little bit south. And so, uh, you know, we're kind of smelling that thing around a little bit. I tried to pass it back to him and dropped it on the ground. And so he uh, proceeded to punt it. Oh, it was a good kick. He had it pretty solid. And uh, so obviously that pork butt was out for the weekend. And then later on that night, uh, I'm taking my chicken that I'm getting ready to dump the brine out. and I'm not paying attention. Might have been a little overserved, and I, I tripped, and I dumped my chicken all over the pavement. So I spent about two hours trying to scrape off uh, a little bit of that Oklahoma asphalt off of my chicken. But uh, ended up being okay. I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes things get away. Like I said, it's a, uh, almost like a family reunion. So we really had a good time down there in Oklahoma. Yeah, it sounds like a fun time, no doubt. Uh, Brad Leidiger joining me here on the show, Pitmaster of getting basted. Brad, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, the Gateway Drum Smoker and this crew that was compiled over there. This is a cooker that, you know, I've kind of been watching over the last, you know, one, two years, and it really seems to have picked up a lot of steam, popularity, especially on the competition circuit. You know, somebody who's cooking on one, what do you think sets these cookers apart from, you know, any of the other ugly drum smoker type situations that are on the market today? Well, the thing about these are versus a, a normal uh, ugly drum smoker is just the, the quality of the build, and, and you're not fighting your fire. I mean, they lock in. They lock in at 300 degrees, and, and it's difficult to make them not run 300 degrees. I mean, you can walk away from them. You don't need a temperature control. Uh, they're drawing a good amount of smoke and flavor through it. You know, they're not just sitting there stagnating like some uh, USDs, uh, UDSs can do. So I think it's just, just a quality product plus the way they look. You know, I mean, if you're a competition barbecue, part of the show. And, you know, they, they look second to none, and they cook second to none. And we got on those. I don't even remember how I started cooking on them. But my first contest after I bought my first Gateway Drum, I got second place in pork and won a grand championship. So uh, I, I was in the market. I've been cooking on them ever since. And, uh, there's really nothing like it. Are you a team that cooks solely on the uh, the Gateway Drum Smoker, or is it just specific for a meat or two? No, nope, that's all I have. Oh, Everything wow. I have comes off the Gateway Drum. And, uh, you know, it's easy to uh, – they're easy to transport. You, you could stay in a hotel. You'd have to be broke down, went and stayed at the hotel there at the Buffalo Run. Didn't get up until the, mor- you know, the morning, until 6.30 in the morning, litter cookers and cooks. So it's just an easy way to cook. Brad, as far as contests that are coming up that you're going to be taking part in, where are you going to be here over the next you know handful of weeks? 
Um, we've got, uh, you know, the Operation Barbecue Relief event there in Pleasant Hill, which is, again, always these early season contests are tough, man. But we've got that one. Our hometown contest of uh, Rockin' Ribs in Springfield. There's another one that's in Kimberling City, which is close. I live in Branson, so it's about 30 miles away, which is Table Rockin' Ribs. Um, we got uh, Smithville, and then we'll get in the summer, and you know, who knows, you know, a bunch up in the Kansas City area basically after that. Are you going to be, uh, or have you already cooked in the, any of the, the Sam's locals yet? Yeah, Overland Park, Kansas. I think that's the second weekend in May, maybe. So we're doing that, and that's the Midwest City Regional. You know, you'd had a reserve grand champ last year, as you'd mentioned. Uh, is this something that you would like to uh, obviously take part, do well, and to get to the final and then uh, attain that last position? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we signed up uh, for uh, – Detroit up, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the, the exact town it is. We signed up for one in Michigan up there in July just to back up in case we don't make it through Overland Park. So, yeah, I mean, Sam's Club events are, are you know, they're prestigious, they're fun, and obviously the prize money's not bad. So, yeah, certainly that's one we circle on our calendar to try to do well. Brad Leiniger is the pitmaster of getting basted. He is the uh, overall grand champ of the Smoking at the Run competition that took place this past weekend in Miami, Oklahoma. Brad, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and recapping the weekend and so forth. Uh, continued success. We'll talk soon. Uh, thank you, Greg. Thanks for having me. You got it. There he is. Brad Leiniger, pitmaster of getting basted. Damn it. That's the question I wanted to ask him. You know me and team names. I got to know how people got their team names. Well, sorry. That was the wrong one. I wonder how people get their team names. Darn it. Well, let me draw my own conclusions. Brad is drop-kicking, punting, and place-kicking pork butts. Uh-oh. Getting basted. Sounds like getting wasted. <laughs> Just picking off some of that Oklahoma asphalt, or as we call it in Oklahoma, the smoking at the run flavor profile. Yes, sir! All right, thanks again to Brad Leiniger. He is the pitmaster of getting basted. David Qualls coming up out of the break. The organizer, creator, and brainchild producer of Smoking at the Run. Folks, let me talk to you about Suckle Busters before we get to Dave. Sucklebusters has a new product out. Here we go. How about this? Honey glaze and finishing sauce. Yes, sir. It's here. It's ready to go. Based on Sucklebusters' award-winning honey barbecue sauce, this is a thin barbecue glaze and finishing sauce made specifically for competition ribs and chicken. The glaze is super sweet, not spicy, and super red because they use a special American paprika for that bright red color. Brush it on. The last five to ten minutes of cooking, it leaves a glossy red sheen on the meat and an extra layer of sweet flavor on top. Brush it on, slice them up, turn it in, and win. Take your competition ribs and chicken to a whole nother level. Right now, it's available at your local barbecue store. 
You can also get it online at sucklebusters.com. And if you are interested and listening now, you have a chance to win some. All you have to do is send me an email right now. First one in wins. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. And in the subject line, put whole nother level. Whole nother level. And the first one in gets a free bottle of the new honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce graciously donated by Dan Arnold and the good folks over at Sucklebusters. Sucklebusters.com, the website. Check them out on the Facebooks. Sucklebusters and their barbecue forum, the Texas bbqforum.com. Check them out and see why they always say that Sucklebusters means busting with flavor. Send me that email for your free bottle of honey glaze and finishing sauce with the subject line, whole nother level. We'll be giving away bottles every week for the foreseeable future. Dave Qualls up next. Stick around. We'll be right back. to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Thanks again to Brad Leininger for joining me this past segment. Talking about the big overall win at Smoking at the Run. Now let's get a different perspective from a guy who brainchilded this whole thing out three years ago and has risen to catechismic fame in the barbecue community. None other than the pitmaster of the American Dream Barbecue team, David Qualls, joins us here on the show. Dave, how are you, buddy? Hi, Greg. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long week. Yeah, I bet it has for you, especially. Uh, Dave Qualls joining us here on the show. Uh, Dave, so another smoking at the run up, another smoking at the run down. Buffalo Casino. Buffalo run. What am I saying? Buffalo run, right? Yeah, there you go. That's right. Home of the Loose's Slots. Loose's Slots in uh, (laughs) Oklahoma, as we know. Um, So I was just recounting with Brad, who was the overall, overall winner, that, you know, three years ago, a young Midwestern handsome lad was down there to, to MC and host the very first one. And it was a one day event. He looks so much like you. I know, but he was, he's much more popular than me. Um, and then <laughs> we're like, Hey, the next year you had all these grand visions for kicking it up a notch. And here we are now, three years later, uh, one more successful than the next, I guess, overall, when you thought about making and bringing a competition to Miami, Oklahoma. And you look at it where you're at today, did you think it was going to grow into the success that you have on your hands at this point? You know, I honestly thought it'd be smaller this year than it was last year. Last year we were about, I think, 82 teams. And uh, then we had the bad weather on Sunday. We had great weather Saturday and then snow and sleet and all on Sunday. And I thought, well, you know, that will drive a few people off. And this year, you know, I said – 
all right, 60 will be great. It went from 60 to 72 to 78. Then it got like, I was like, I'm all right. I'm going to cut it off at about 82. At 88, 88 teams, I was like, okay, no more, no more, no more. I, I, I'm out of space, and, and I don't want it to be too crazy. And it just blew up. But, I mean, when we had two guys that entered the contest knowing what it was going to be. It was their first contest ever. And then, of course, we had, you know, the biggest names in barbecue yeah. and even, you know, celebrity names. Myron Mixon, you know, he called and showed up. And, and Johnny Trigg was there. Dave Bosco from Butcher was there. Rod, Envy, Rod Gray from Pellet Envy was there. Uh, you know, so Pitmasters people were there. And, and just a lot of Oklahoma-Kansas teams. I had Tommy Houston, Checkered Pig, was there from Virginia. Uh, Tom McIntosh, T-Mac, was up from Wisconsin, I believe is where they're from. Uh, Joe Bobs from Wyoming came in, backdraft from Colorado. In addition to the Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, Texas guys. So it, it was it was a all-star event. Yeah, we were talking last week to uh, some folks, and it was like, yeah, there's 10 teams, there's 12 teams, and somebody else had chimed in in the – uh, instant chat room saying, forget about that. There's probably a good 30 teams that could actually probably legitimately walk away with either a win on any day or especially, you know, the the overall, overall championship. I mean, there was some serious teams if you go up and down the list. Uh, True Bud, you have Lucky's Q, and, you know, all the ones, of course, that you had mentioned as well. I mean, really, the Fixed, list yeah. goes on. It was huge. Right. You know, and, and, and that's what, you know, I, and, you know, I left out QL and, and, and Buffalo's, you know, uh, Jack Daniels champions. The, out of that 87 teams, there were 60 heavy players and another 15 guys that were grand champions. Like I said, there was only, you know, I mean, it was anybody's game. And there were some teams there that you would have thought, well, you know, they're just here to play. They got calls. We got serious calls, too, on top of it. And it was a total, out of two days, I would say 45, no, I'd probably say 55 teams, unique teams got unique calls. Dave, if you could real quick kind of recap how the contest sets up over the two days and, and how a, an overall champion is determined. Well, what we do is, is, is we had the traditional Friday-Saturday contest, then we turn around the doubleheader and have a Saturday-Sunday contest. And both of those contests were just straight $10,000 KCBS contests, paid 10 deep in each category and overall. Then what we did was we added money and, and created the shootout champions that who had the highest total combined scores of each category. And then the five highest total combined overall scores got additional money and some trophies. So the the guy that won chicken, he may have had eighth place chicken on Saturday and third place chicken on Sunday, but you add his two total points together, he had the highest points of any other team for the two days combined. He won the shootout, won the big Pirate 50 handmade trophy and, and the additional money there. It's like to get basted. Uh, you know, Brad and him come in, cook solid for two days, and, and won the overall. They didn't get a GC either day, but they won the shootout because they had the best. You know, and I think that's very important. Uh, Ryan Grove from Backdraft never got a call the first day and finished ninth overall. He was that consistent. A lot of people say, well, that was crazy judging. You know, it was there was just that much competition on this deal. There wasn't that many, you know, there wasn't a dead table or an angel table in this contest this year, both days. 
David, you've always been fairly vocal about judging and uh, these angel tables and these tables of death and so forth. As somebody Probably that's, cost me my KCBS election, but yes. <laughs> when you, as an organizer, because you are, I guess, a cook first. I mean, certainly you have a lot of promotional and business skills behind you because of the day job and so forth. But when you're putting an organization or, I'm sorry, a, a competition together and organizing it, you want to, I guess, feel like you're giving the cooks the best shot at consistent judging across each and every table. Is there anything that you can do to, to give yourself a better position in that? Is it just kind of luck of the draw still? No, i tell you what we did. I mean, there's just a limited amount of information available. But when they signed up to be a judge, I asked them, obviously, were you a CBJ? If you weren't, you went to the bottom of the list, um, which I didn't have any non-CBJs. I wanted to know how many you've cooked in a lifetime. I wanted to know how many you cooked last year. But I asked a more important question this year. I wanted to know what year did you get your certification? Then I went and, and I brought in what I think are the best reps in the business, which is Ralph and Karen Jane Williams and Dennis and Linda Polson and Scott and Steve Grinstead. Once we got that data, we compiled the tables. And I wanted to have, I think we needed like 14 tables. I wanted to have 16 tables so we didn't have overloads. And basically Ralph Williams took it on himself and vetted each one of these judges and we started building the matrix of your seating assignments. So we tried to seat where each table was evenly balanced with the data we had. Because of the year they were certified, there's been different criteria for teaching. So we wanted to try and balance that out. Then Ralph took that same matrix again and made adjustments based on cancellations and no-shows. And every judge that judged on Saturday that came again and judged Sunday was not only at the same table, but they didn't even sit with the same six other judges at the table on the next day as the first. Now, that is a jigsaw puzzle with a lot of pieces, but Ralph was able to put it together, and we were able to do it with a big Excel sheet. So, and I think that's why we gave them a good, fair shot every day and just, you know, knock on wood. It didn't create a table of death. It didn't create angel tables. Our scores look really high, but I can tell you, as a cook, I try not to go in to the judge's tent, but I had to go in early on during chicken, and I went in <laughs> during brisket, and I saw some of the most beautiful entries at tables I've ever seen. Well, I mean, if, if you just quickly go into the results pages and you go into chicken, uh, there was a perfect chicken from Joe Bob's Barbecue. That was number one. And then you have to go all the way down to 49th to get a score that was under 170 points. I mean, that's pretty huge scoring from between 1 and 48. You've got a chicken score that's going to win pretty much every other competition every day of the week. Absolutely. Did I lose you? Nope, you're back now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, huge chicken scores. Uh, and I guess that just kind of goes and, and shows the, the reflection of the caliber of cook that you have there. You have three perfect scores in pork that day. You have almost, uh, you know, a couple perfect scores in briskets. And brisket was a tight race all on its own with a half a point separating first and second. So these guys really brought it for a contest early in the season. Well, you had four 180s in chicken on Sunday, and the four 180s, could hit a 180 anywhere in the world, so that wasn't fluke 180s either. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, a really, 
Uh, I don't I don't know if you can come to this contest as a as a rust kicker offer. I think you might have to come a little bit more finely honed than that, don't you think? Yes. Well, <laughs> it was intended to be a rust buster, a good time to get everybody together, but it's turned into be such a popular contest. And the timing, I mean, it's not that that we're that great of a venue. I mean, I try and do everything right for the cooks and make it comfortable because I know it's their first year, first of the year for a lot of them. But it's just, uh, it, it's it's been a gathering. It's kind of like I said, it's a mini American Royal with a lot more concerted effort on, you know, towards the cooks than the event. So as a, a guy who is pitmaster first, you see all these teams, and certainly you get to cook against a, a bunch of these people on and off during the course of the competition trail that you and Chris run during the course of the season, but to have them all in your backyard and to be the organizer versus a guy lighting up the pit and, and taking your hand against them. Is it, is it a little bit frustrating for you not to be able to, to cook your own event there? I think it'd be kind of fun to mix it up with them, but you know, I had more enjoyment just seeing them all and, and, and taking care of everybody. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like my contest to have fun with this year. And then the rest of the year, it's Katie bar the door. Let's see if I can take you out. All right, so as we look a year in advance, obviously you have uh, plans that are probably starting maybe next week or the week after that as far as a fourth annual smoking at the run, but uh, what do you see for next year and like tweaks and changes and additions and subtractions after you kind of see the summation of what's happened here over the last couple of days? Well, obviously we're first and foremost a casino, and so our promotions and events are a moving target, and... I can't guarantee we're going to have it next year. I can't guarantee that we're not going to have it next year, but uh, it's still four or five months. You know, you'll never see me sanction this contest probably any earlier than November 1st of December, simply because of the the load of, of events that we have at the casino and how we can, it can block them in. If we have it, it will always be the first, the week before the Hammond, Louisiana contest, because that's just where it falls right. This year, Hammond fell a week later than normal, so we moved a week later than normal. So that's a good way to gauge what we're going to do. Unless circumstances beyond my control or our control as a casino dictate that we have it at a different date later in the year or something like that, uh, this is the perfect time to have that. And this whole deal was the brainchild of Scott Key from Little Pig Town. He said, you know, you got a great deal. You know what you're doing. Let's have a big contest up there. And so it really wasn't my idea to start with. I just took it and ran. David, as far as business for the casino, um, do they see, uh, I mean, is it worthwhile for them money-wise? Do they get people running in and throwing some loot down and getting back out to the cook sites, or is it not so much for them? Uh, you, you know, a lot of casinos try and pay their winners in casino chips and try and hustle you into play. I, you know, that's not my style. You know, I'll give you cash if you want to play, you want to play. Uh, you know, obviously our food and beverage departments, we saw a spike from players from Thursday night through Sunday night. Our hotel, four other hotels in town were sold plumb out because you've got 140 judges coming yep. to town as well. So it was a good economic boon for the town. Uh, I don't gauge it on, on whether people gambled or not that were in the contest because, face it, do you really have time to go spend five hours in a casino and you're cooking a double header at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dave Qualls is the pitmaster of the American Dream barbecue team and uh, was organizing the Smoking at the Run, third annual Smoking at the Run in Miami, Oklahoma. 
Uh, Dave, where are you guys going to be cooking at next? Well, I'm, I don't know if you can see behind me or not. I've got the Dreamliner loaded. We're heading out for Hammond, Louisiana in the morning. All right, so you're going to be uh, taking on the group that um, probably a lot of them were uh, just at your place this past weekend. And we were in Tupelo the week before with the Basted Boys and Shake and Bake and Trig and some of those guys, and we're turn around, did the contest, and then hit it here. So, yeah, we're on the trail now for probably the next 15, 16 weeks straight. Chris is uh, ready to go. She's excited. Chomping at the bit, I bet she is. All right, uh, Dave Qualls. First one on the bus and ready to ride. There you go. Uh, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on, Dave. Greg, thank you. You got it. There he is, David Qualls, pitmaster of the American Dream Barbecue Team. And uh, I would agree with Dave Bosca, who said uh, Dave Qualls didn't go uh, out of his way to say how great the facility is. Um, look, I'm no competition barbecue expert or genius or anything like that, but it's wide open. It's laid out. It's nice black top. Everything is very accessible. And for crying out loud, there's a casino on the grounds, just in case you're looking to uh, bust loose. You have that opportunity if you so desire. All right, that's uh, David Qualls from the American Dream Barbecue team and organizer of the Smokin' at the Run barbecue contest, which took place this past weekend in Miami, Oklahoma. Folks, let me tell you something. I am right now in the middle of working with my main man, Steve DeFranco, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, on my grandfather's ring. That's right. This is a a ring that means a substantial amount to me. So when the band broke, so this is my wedding ring. Right there, you can see it. Like, the band snapped, just old and... You know, my fingers swell, swell so much that they deform the ring shank crooked because my it swells and goes down and swells and it pushes around the metal and so forth. And over time, that pressure starts to bend, believe it or not. I mean, I could take my ring off and you would gasp at the amount of movement I have done to that gold. Well, finally, it snapped. So who do I go to immediately? I'm running in the next day and, Steve, I broke my grandfather's ring. He asked me a whole bunch of questions on what can I change, what can I not change, how do you want to keep this, how do you want to keep that. Price no object, of course. Just want to get it fixed and wearable again. And he's in the process of hooking that up, making sure that it's going to be ready to wear. So if you have an issue with something, maybe something that you have is near and dear to you, it's broke, doesn't work anymore, it's probably a good chance that he is going to be able to fix it. So give them a call, why don't you? 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. You can also visit Stephen DeFranco, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, stephendefranco.com, and check out everything that he has for sale on the website. Once you give him a call, tell him your barbecue brother or sister that you listen to the show all the time. You want the discounts, and he's going to make that price you see on the website go down a little bit make you feel real good but he's not going to be hustling you into buying stuff that maybe you don't want or need he's going to ask a lot of questions to make sure that you're getting exactly what you want but he wants that business today but he also wants it tomorrow and the next day and three years from now and maybe when your kids get old enough to buy jewelry he wants them to go there too don't forget all watches from steven defranco jewelers come with the exclusive watch performance package that includes a one-year extension the manufacturer's warranty free engraving free watch batteries for life and a free polishing cloth. All ship at no charge, by the way. Stephen DeFranco, 
Facebook.com, 440-943-2700. All right, we're going to wrap up the first hour and look forward to the second. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. portion of the show brought to you by me and my run for the barbecue hall of fame that's right folks we're doing it a grassroots movement send in your emails to bbq at americanroyal.com and tell them i should be on the nomination list under the celebrity slash humanitarian category we're going to show these people you just can't go around Offering up nominations. An important date to remember is that all submissions, write them now. There's like a hundred and some odd people listening and watching right now. Write the letter right now. Uh, All submissions must be received by April 3rd, 2015. BBQ at AmericanRoyal.com. You can also mail snail mail. American Royal Association, attention, Kim Palmer, 1701 American Royal Court, Kansas City, Missouri, 64102. But much easier to do an email. Again, that's bbq at americanroyal.com. Nominate me, your humble host, for nomination to the 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame. You won't be sorry you did. I'll mention you by name in the acceptance speech. It will be an acceptance speech you will never forget. I shouldn't say that out loud. It sounds like I'm being ominous or deviant, but I'm not. I'm just saying I'm a pretty good public speaker. I could say things that will be remembered for a long period of time that may or may not be recorded. I don't know. If you want to see it and you want to hear it, you got to get me on the nomination list. BBQ at AmericanRoyal.com. All submissions must be received by April 3rd, 2015. Yes, I am stumping for myself. Thank you. Big Chuck and Little John. All right, thanks again to David Qualls, American Dream Barbecue team, talking about the success of the Smoking at the Run competition this past weekend. Again, it's a two-day event, the Friday-Saturday. Back it up with the Saturday-Sunday. Take the averages of the shootout. Everybody wins in the categories, or a new winner potentially determined in the categories, and then you have your overall shootout winners whom we had in the very first interview site, Brad Leininger from Getting Basted. Very fun, very exciting, uh, great concept. Obviously, it's probably not, I don't know, maybe some of these teams would love to do back-to-back all the time. Double wins. But they do it each and every year. Well, they have been doing it each and every year for the last three in Miami, Oklahoma. So assuming this gets picked up again by the casino, seen as a valid 
promotion or however they determine in the business for all those teams to get up. I mean, 87 teams out there on the property taking in the majesty of Miami, Oklahoma. My, I'm sorry, Miami, Oklahoma. That's not so bad foot traffic there. Good bump in the food, good bump in the liquors, good bump in the housekeeping, house stays, the hotels, the motels, the Holiday Inn. Say what? That's right. All right, uh, we're going to get ready to head on over to the second hour. Within that hour, a couple different interviews. We'll talk a little Sam's Club. We'll talk a little Santa Anita. We'll go West Coast on this bad boy, if you will. Your phone calls and emails. You want to jump in? More than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. We'll also get into a little top five between KCBS and uh, Florida Barbecue Association. I'm still not sure if they have like top five, top ten in the IBCA stuff for team of the year. Probably have to figure that out soon enough. Maybe my uh, Texas correspondent, Doug Scheiding, will be able to hit me to that between tonight and tomorrow so I can talk a little bit more diligently on it next week. Maybe they don't have anything and I don't have to worry about being diligent at all. It's better when I'm not diligent, right? And that's right. Just go off the cuff. Doesn't mean anything. All right, I'm going to reload. You do the same. We'll be back with the second hour of the Barbecue Central show, which you are listening and watching on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? We ate fifty four wieners. But listen, Laverne, it's shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Ooh. Top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome, my friends. You have found the Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. If you want to... Hold on a sec. Good Lord. Sorry. 
Uh, this is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live. Hold on a second. Sorry. We broadcast live and direct from the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. If you want to get in touch with me, by the way, I'm Greg Rempe, your program. 216-220-0966. You can also uh, email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are the ways you can get in touch with me. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Hold on a second. I got to figure out what's going on with my mic. I think we got it fixed now. There we go. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with me, 216-220-0966. Last hour, I said, hey, Sucklebusters is running a giveaway contest. Whole nother level. Winner of whole nother level. She beat the crap out of everybody in Santa Anita and brisket. She just beat the crap out of everybody in this contest. Sylvie Curry wins. She wins well. Okay, this I'm not liking my microphone right now. Hold on one second. All right, that's potentially better. All right. Sweet mother. So Sylvie Curry wins the, you know, the the whole nother level sauce. Sylvie, go ahead and send me your shipping info. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. I will go ahead and make sure that Dan Arnold gets that. And he will send you a bottle of the sauce. Go ahead and give it a whirl. Give me some feedback. Or you can just give Brad feedback directly if you would like. John Dawson weighing in. I thought Jim won the Miami-Oklahoma. Yeah, I know. And the show is all competition results banter for that reason. I'm out. I know. It's all competition related today. It's ever-changing. It's not all competition related, John. I talked about me getting into the Barbecue Hall of Fame substantially in the very first segment, so don't forget about that. And I know you're not tuning out. You're the world's biggest fan. Uh, getting a message from Spring Sprung Ben this weekend. All right. Getting a note from Sterling Smith for 1035 saying he's already making excuses for bad phone reception. Don't bring that weak stuff to me. Get that weak stuff out of here. Still to come on the show tonight, as I had just mentioned, Sterling Smith, 1035, and about 10 minutes from now, Mike Lindley from 
Smoke and Moe's Barbecue. As you will find out at 1035, the 2015 Sam's Club Barbecue Series rolled into Tucson, Arizona this past weekend. This was a local qualifier sending the top six teams to the regional final. That will take place in Las Vegas, Nevada on September 25th. Those teams moving on are, and as you know, who won the Grand Championship, Sterling Smith, Loot and Booty Barbecue. Booty! Here's a guy that never finishes right near the top of the finisher's board. Darren Worth, Iowa Smoky D's. Wow. He cooks well. Uh, Rhythm and Q. That's uh, Vince uh, Karochi and, oh, I can't think of her first name, Fairbairn. Is it Melissa Fairbairn? Sorry. Uh, number four, Knife, Pork, and Spoon. Number five, Bad Boys Barbecue. And rounding out the top six, Cloud of Smoke Barbecue. Those six moving on to the regional round, Las Vegas, Nevada, September 25th. That doesn't seem right to me for some reason. Let me go back to the KCBS homepage. I could be off. Uh, Las Vegas... Yeah, I'm incorrect. The uh, the Las Vegas regional correction that doesn't that didn't seem right to me. April 25th, five weeks. So get ready to go, pal. My fault. Two mistakes in as many weeks. How embarrassing. The next Sam's Club event. Will be coming up this weekend, March twenty eighth. Going, uh, let's see, we're going from where were we this past weekend? Tucson, Arizona. Just a hop, skip, and a jump. March twenty eighth to Renton, Washington. Whoa! So, if you're heading out, heading up, heading over to the Sam's Club in Renton, Washington, we will see you. At that competition in the Pacific Northwest, good luck to all of those competing. And hopefully you hear your name amongst five others uh, next week when we hit this portion of the show at uh, 10.07 Eastern Time. Quick update on your KCBS Team of the Year standings. And it is literally changing week by week. Sitting atop. The Kansas City Barbecue Society's Team of the Year standings right now. He was on last week. He is now sitting in the number one position as we sit here March 24th. Travis Clark, Clark Crew Barbecue Team. Boom. Jack's Old South is in second. Donnie Bray, current KCBS Team of the Year. Warren County Pork Choppers in third. Tommy Houston, Checkered Pig in fourth, and Fire Dancer Barbecue rounding out the top five in KCBS. As we turn our attention now to uh, the... I almost made one of those fraudulent slips. Currently sitting atop the FBA Team of the Year standings. 
Here's another guy that just wins because he won last week in a Florida Barbecue Association contest. He's won, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, five, five, set. Oh, uh, he's won five, five out of his last seven Kansas City slash FBA event. Is it five? Is it six out of his last seven? Matt Barber, Hot Watch Oof. Whoa! All I do is win, win. Sweet Smoke Q in second place. Blitzkrieg Barbecue in third. Rub Bagby and Swamp Boys Barbecue fourth. FBA Team of the Year rounding out top five. Cedar Creek Barbecue. Florida Barbecue Association Team of the Year as updated. Uh, March 21st, I believe. The FBA website set. All right, hold on. I'm being corrected. March 28th, Reno, Nevada is your next Sam's Club event. Then, a week later, we will go to Renton, Washington. All right, Jeff Elser, I don't want to say that I was more right than you, but I was more right than you. I think I said six out of eight, bastard. Matt Barber has got my back. Matt Barber wins a lot. Whatever Matt is drinking, everybody should drink that if you're in competition barbecue. I'll have what he's having, bartender. I'll have five of those. If you didn't already know, folks, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue and is the number one dealer of Mac Pellet Grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to make a drum out of a world-class smoker. How about that? Big Papa's has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs. The flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending. Their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, including the 2012 and 13 American Royal, the 12 and 14 Jack, and the 13 and four, uh, the 13 Kingsford Challenge, the 14 Houston Livestock Rodeo, and the 14 King of the Smoker. I don't think BPS can just be pigeonholed into competitive barbecue either. Forget it. BPS rubs have become so well-known they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. With four of the nine BPS rubs featured on their permanent menu and amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa is also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on what competitive barbecue flavor profiles and the cooks have begun to aim for. Across the country... Across the globe, you name it, they're in it. Big Papa Smoker's website also features an online meat locker. The top quality meats from Snake River Farms ship right to your door. From American Kobe beef, caribou to pork, and Double R Ranch meats, Big Papa's Meat Locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. Committed to bringing you the best flavors on the market, they are now carrying a fine swine sauce, Swamp Boys barbecue sauce, Granny's barbecue sauce. These hot new sauces are considered to be the new kids on the block this barbecue season. Big Papa has also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the competition teams 
in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and benefits children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all this with only five years of being in business, turning competition barbecue on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers and the website BigPapaSmokers.com. All right, we are back with Mike Lindley right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. If you want to get in touch with me, use those. This portion of the show is brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of premier pellet cookers. If you are looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. If you're looking for something eh, a little bit more medium size, they got you covered there, too. How about something to take on tailgates or camping? Yeah, they got something like that, too. They can also supply you with great pellets as well. Check them out online, greenmountaingrills.com. I love mine, and I use it a lot. You could love your own as well. Head on over to GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. All right, joining me now is the newly crowned grand champ at this past weekend's fourth annual Santa Anita's Winter Circle Barbecue Championship. That, of course, being the pitmaster of Smokin' Moe's Barbecue, Mike Lindley, joining us here on the show. Mike, how are you, buddy? Mike. Mike. No. I got your weak stuff right here, pal. All right, hold on. We go to Mike Lindley. And I'll call you back. Thank you. Uh oh. Oh. The tone. Please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more oh, options. My video get choppy. I hate that. I'll leave a message. Hey, Mike, uh, Greg, Barbecue Central Show. This is where we do our interview talking about how great you cooked amongst like a thousand other cooks in Santa Anita. 216-220-0966. You, sir, are on the clock. We'll look forward to you real soon now. Yeah. Hello? Hello, Mike? Are you there? Mike? Where are you, Mike? No, not there. All right, well, Mike Lindley is on the clock. To give you a little idea of this particular event, again, as I mentioned, fourth annual Santa Anita Winners Circle Barbecue Championship. Uh, unless I'm mistaken, as you quickly th- scroll through, there were no less, no less than 100 teams. What? 100 teams in California? Oh, oh, 
So obviously, many big players are out there to take their hand. Smoke and Moe's obviously one as we were uh, trying to land Mike here. Knock Your Socks Off Barbecue, who we've had on this show a little bit earlier in the year, second place. And a proud sponsor of this show and somebody who I am proud to have sponsor the show in third place, Sterling Ball, Big Papa Smoke. Boom. Honorable mention to fifth place overall, Steph Franklin, the genie, simply marvelous barbecue. Look at these guys. Double honorable mention. Top third of the group, Sylvie Curry, Lady of Q, 11th place. Nice. Top third. My math skills suck. Oh, my God. Top third. And whatever. Top 25%. How about, let's just say, 11th out of 100. Yeah. With a 686, by the way. In case you were wondering, because people love the uh, point discrepancies that take place. Uh, so your grand champion was at 701-1316 and 100th place, 314. Look out! Get that big out of here. Mike, how are you, buddy? Yes, Greg. How are you today, sir? There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mike, let me ask you something. Uh, you get down to, uh, I mean, well, nobody knows this about me except the real stalkers of the show. And, and I talk about it from time to time uh, when the Triple Crown is running because I have a thoroughbred horse racing expert. But I was originally born and raised in a small town upstate New York called Saratoga Springs, which is home of the oldest horse racing track in the country. So the fact that a barbecue competition is taking place at what I feel is one of the more majestic uh, tracks in the country, always second place to anything uh, Saratoga, of course. Uh, but Santa Anita in itself is certainly a, kind of a majestic course. Uh, what do you think about like setting up out there versus some of the other places that you've set up at? Well, I can tell you right now, that is one of our hometown favorites. Uh, setting up on the infield, passing the old barns, passing the old ticket booths are all still there and uh of course seeing the the track around you it just gives you this nostalgia you can tell that you know santa anita has been around forever and uh we just love the place uh mike if i could uh, backtrack here just a little bit and for the folks that maybe aren't familiar with smoke and moe's barbecue if you could give us a little bit of background about yourself and of course how you got into this whole competition barbecue thing Okay, well, uh, I got into smoking <laughs> due to my wife buying me a smoker uh, many, many years ago. And uh, it was just a hobby, just playing around with it, smoking ribs and pork butts and things like that. And uh, the next thing you know, it kind of evolved into we did some rib competitions uh, out in the local area here, Nevada, California, and Arizona. And we actually won our first rib competition right off the bat. And you might say we were hooked. Yeah, absolutely. That and, always seems to be the case, right, Mike? Uh, it, it was. And I'm telling you, we, we kind of went there winging a prayer, a box full of rubs. We made all of our sauces on site. It looked like a, you know, kind of like a gypsy camp when we rolled up there. 
And, uh, you know, guys are rolling in with their big trailers and stuff, and all we had was a charbroil offset silver. And, uh, you know, it was meat that was given uh, by the promoters. So all we had to do was just show up with our stuff and grab the meat and start going. And, uh, like I said, we, we won that thing first place, and then that was it. We, we were done. We, uh, we did a few more rib competitions, and then uh, we got sent overseas for three years. And we didn't really know what KCBS was all about until I got home in 2011. And I went to my first competition as a spectator in Lake Havasu, Arizona, 2011. And the rest is history. We went there, we walked around, we met a bunch of people. Matter of fact, we met Luton and Booty, and they don't remember us then, but I remember trying their brisket with Chris Rudy and Schnitty. And we were like, this is the most incredible thing we've ever tasted. And so th- that was it. A few months later, we started putting stuff together and uh, rolled up with our old propane smoker to our first competition. And, and we got top third, you know, uh, in the field, which we felt pretty good about. And uh, so we've evolved from there. How many events do you look at taking part in during the course of the season? Uh, typically around 15 is what we do. We try and do about one every three weeks to a month. So we're kind of right in there. This week we're doing a back-to-back. We did Santa Anita, and we'll be heading to Lake Havasu this weekend coming up. Mike Lindley joining so. me here on the show, Smokin' Moe's Barbecue uh, from uh, the Pitmaster Smokin' Moe's Barbecue. Sorry. Uh, Mike, how do you come up with the name Smokin' Moe's Barbecue? Okay, so our very first competition – uh, was at the AV, like in 2006 or seven, like that. It was a rib competition. And once we signed in and rolled into the parking lot, they came around the parking lot and said, Hey, what's your team name? And we didn't even think, you know, to, to have a team name. It was the first one event we'd ever been in. And so my nickname is Mo from 30, 35 years ago, believe it or not, in high school, they used to call me Elmo. <laughs> And, and all my buddies now call me Mo. Well, my wife and my good friend Don from Lake Havasu said, why don't we just call you Smokin' Mo? And the lady wrote it down on the card, and, and that's how uh, Smokin' Mo evolved. Great story. Uh, Elmo, so yeah. you have a bunch of, like, red fur all over your body or something like that? Oh, I wish I did, but <laughs> no. I I had this hairdo, you know, John Travolta-looking, poofy, Afro-looking thing, and uh, that's how it started, believe it or not. And I, I I posted a picture one time on Facebook, and everybody was like, oh, my, they never even thought that I, with this short hair that I have now, could ever look like that. So it, it, was, a, it was actually a lot of fun, comical, actually. Uh, Mike, I, I meant to ask you, uh, when you had mentioned, you said you were pulled out of the country for a little while. Um, was that for a job, or what, what takes you out of the country, I guess? Yeah, it was a job. I'm an electrician by trade and uh, electrical superintendent, general superintendent, and uh, we had a big project over in Guam, USA which is down the South Pacific. Yep. And uh, so uh, 2008, we rolled out, took the whole family. We all went on this three-year adventure. We went to China, Japan, Australia, Fiji, you name it. We hit every South, South Pacific area, you know, country in the area. And uh, a lot of fun. Kids had a great time. And uh, kind of, 
you know, kept barbecuing, but for the locals, the Chamorro people over there in Guam. And uh, they just could, they couldn't believe that we could make, you know, pork and brisket and ribs so tender. I had, I had my son's baseball coach even tell me, you smoke this for 12 hours. We don't have that kind of time. (laughs) So, so it was like, so, uh, you know, we had a real good kinship with a lot of people on the island, too, um, because their claim to fame is barbecue, although they grill a whole bunch of stuff. So grilled ribs and, and grilled pork and beef and things like that. Mike Lindley joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Smoke and Moe's Barbecue. All right, Mike, so if we take a quick look back at this past weekend, uh, you know, nothing short of 100 teams showing up is probably the biggest event that California sees each and every year. And there seems to be, you know, almost a growing number of competitions out there in California now that are in that 70, 80, 100 uh, team bring every year. You got this one, Dana Point, always a huge one for sure. Uh, Guinea Pig uh, seems to be pulling in, you know, more in its uh, second year of existence as well. So, it, you know, the, the barbecue aspect or the competition barbecue aspect seems to be growing uh, do you see that? I mean, West Coast guy, and you know, five six years ago, I don't think there was nearly the uh, the the amount of spectacle and really good teams that you see now. Uh, how do you see the growth of California barbecue over the last handful of years? Well, for me, uh, three years ago, I started right around um, the beginning of uh, January of 2012, and the. Of course, the biggest competition I was in at the time, I think it was 86 teams that year in Lake Havasu, Arizona, which is just across the river. And then after that was Santa Anita, and Santa Anita had 80-plus at the time. But then all the other comps were around 40, you know, anywhere from in the 30s to 40s right in there. And then, like you say, Dana Point was all, is always uh, 72 right around right in the 90s. And... From what we found from then till now, the the wonderful scores we used to have back then, you know, in, in meets a 168, a 165 in a meat category used to be awesome. Now, if you're not in the one seven, the low 170s, the mid 170s, you're not even in the you're not even in the hunt anymore. And when you talk about teams, there are so many teams that are, uh, you know, we like to call them sleeper teams. A new team will come out. And they'll just excel in a category, ribs, chicken, you know, whatever their forte is. And it really makes it interesting for people who have been out there for a long time because you don't know. You, you just don't know how the cards are going to lay. Um, so it, it, I think it makes it very exciting right now. California barbecue is on such a big, big upswing and very, very good pit masters. I mean, there's guys out there that are just killing it right now. So. Mike, as you look back over your cook this past weekend, anything out of the norm that you had to contend with that you didn't anticipate for? And I guess, how did you feel about your individual turn-ins as well? Well, right off the bat, um, we added a cooker this last weekend, and we wanted to take our pork and our brisket a little bit longer with a little less rest time. What we didn't factor in is as those were getting done, chicken was going off, ribs were you know, at wrap uh, that 10 o'clock hour just got so bungled up. And, and my wife actually had to pull the reins back on me and say, Hey, settle down, you know, cause I, I was kind of pulling my hair out. Cause we've had this wonderful system for about two years 
to where things were 30 minutes or 15 minutes apart. And this time we're making boxes because this comp actually started an hour early because of the horses. So it wasn't a 12 o'clock turn and it was 11. And so, like I said, it was a bottleneck for about an hour there. And uh, that's probably what got to me. And of course, my teammate, Danny and Pam, my wife, they just took a step back and said, hey, slow it down a little bit. Let's just regroup and we'll get this. And it really worked out wonderfully. As for the turn-ins, um, even our friends, we had about 20 friends from out of town who were who came to the comp. And they were asking, what do you think? And I said, well, I thought it was above average, but I didn't know if it was great. I mean, we knew chicken. I, I called chicken right off the bat. I liked it a lot. And ribs, uh, brisket. I had a little 12-pounder, believe it or not. And after it was carved up, I swear you you could have put the whole brisket almost in the nine by nine. It was it was a little guy. Once I cut the point off, it was like, boy, this was just a little square. But we pulled beautiful slices out of it. The au jus was nice. It wasn't salty. I mean, because if you don't have the mass of meat, the offset was just a little bit weird. Yep. And we pulled these uh, this point and these burn ends that were just beautiful. I mean, I put eight of them in the box. Um, I know we're very soft. I pulled the ends off of each one and tried them. And, uh, I had nine pieces and put seven in the box. So, um, last minute on pork, we were the sections we were pulling from. We made a last minute decision. Let's just go this route. We went a different route with pork and all three of our meats, our chicken ribs and, um, and pork all place six, seven, uh, and 10 is what it was. And, uh, that was exciting. That was exciting. Yeah. And the brisket was just outside the top 10 as well. Uh, 13th overall. So as they are calling, uh, the overall numbers, uh, to eventually determine grand champ, since you didn't hear the name and brisket, uh, do you think you kind of, uh, shit the bed a little bit on that one? Or do you think it was good enough to be hanging around, uh, to, to at least put you in contention to, to take the whole thing? I, I figured it was in contention because it, the tenderness was there and the taste was there. But I did something I don't normally do. I put my burn ends in the back instead of the front. And my brisket slice was only about an inch. It was only an inch high. But it was the it was just very, very colored, looked really nice. No injection marks. You know, sometimes you get that. And uh, a burn-in will cover that up. So as we're going through the calls, when, when Knock Your Socks Off pulled a brisket call, now we both had three calls. Yeah. And then Big Papa's, of course, was in the mix, too. And we're like, I, I had, to, I mean, I, I was sitting in my chair thinking, am I having flashbacks of two <laughs> years ago? We had a three-call at Wildemar. And we ended up like 17th overall because we had a meet in left field. So even after they called Big Papa third and they called Knock Your Socks Off as reserve, I still wasn't convinced because I'd been burned by this thing before. And I just sat there. I waited and waited. I mean, chills are on my arms right now talking about it. They called our name, and I swear, it, the, the whole place erupted um, of course our camp. And then, uh, we have so many great friends out there that I know for a fact they're pulling for us and 
you know, really wanted this as bad as we do, uh, as we did for, for us. So, uh, it was, it was a huge, I feel a community win as much as a team win. Uh, Mike, any win is going to be a great thing for sure. But when you take it into a field that is a, this big hundred teams, and then this deep and by deep, I mean, quality of cook between you know one and 25 or even probably one and 50 and then the sleeper teams that you mentioned how does this win rank in you know where your uh, short competitive career is right now well it's definitely it is my number one um our team had been working for this for a long long time and sorry i'm getting a little choked after greg uh we really fought to get to this point, um, from day one, we, you know, people would say, Oh, you know, you guys almost got it. Oh, you almost did it. And it was just, it's almost like the monkey off your back because you've worked so hard and, and week in and week out, you always fight to win. You know, you never show up at a contest, you know, thinking, Oh man, 10th, 10th place or 12th place. That was really good we'd been that flatliner team for, for probably a year and a half. We were six through 12 all the time. It was consistent, but just not enough to get us over the hump. And, uh, we finally, finally got over that hump and we are, we are so proud. I'm very proud of this team and for sticking around my wife and kids, Danny, you know, Danny's friend, Brian Shaneborn, his wife, Danny's wife, you know, they, they all, it's just a real big community that we have, and we're so happy about that right now. Mike, where are you going to be competing at next? Uh, Lake Hav- uh, which is called Havasu Landing Comp. Uh, that'll be next week, well, in three days from now, as a matter of fact. Um, and that's on the California side of the um, uh, Lake Havasu, of Lake Havasu. All right, so uh, looking yep. to yep. potentially make it two in a row. There's going to be a lot of great teams out there as well. Uh, Mike Lindley is the pitmaster of Smoke and Moe's Barbecue Team and just won Grand Championship honors at the fourth annual Santa Anita's Winter Circle Barbecue Championship. Mike, really appreciate the look back over the past weekend. A little bit of history on you as well. Continue success. We'll talk soon, man. Okay. Thank you very much. You got it. There he is, Mike Lindley of Smoke and Moe's Barbecue. Man, that guy was pumping me up. I love the uh, raw emotion of, you know, somebody that's appreciative of the win and the work it takes to get there and the people rounded himself by. That pumps me up. That's great. I love that. All right, Sterling Smith coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you about the Barbecue Guru, the longest-running sponsor of the show. I'm actually going to be having Bob Trudnack on next week to talk about his new bacon project. I've ordered five pounds of his bacon. Have you? Bespoke bacon or bespoke bacon with the uh, alpha rub. It's going to be a pretty good conversation. And I've ordered five pounds, as I just said. If you're a busy working professional like me and you're constantly on the run with kids, doing errands, softball, volleyball, you name it, quite frankly, you don't have the time to set around to 10-pit temperatures. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a couple slabs of rib, a brisket, whatever. You can take off and do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Guru maintains that temperature you set it at. Check out the CyberQ Wi-Fi. Check out the Party Q. Check out the CyberQ2, the DigiQ DX. All for sale. All available for your cookers. And if you are in the market for a cooker, check out that Onyx oven. 
Holds a ton of meat, accommodates half and full pens for food service. So do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, 800-288-GURU or visit thebbqguru.com, the barbecue guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Uh, We're back with Sterling Smith of Luton Booty. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? Welcome back, 216-220-0966. The phone number, Greg, at thebbqcentralshow.com. The email address, congratulations to Sylvie Curry for winning the Suckle Busters. Thanks to Mike Lindley for joining me this past segment. Talking about the big win at uh, Santa Anita, my next guest. The latest Sam's Club local grand champion winning in Tucson, Arizona this past weekend. You see a lot of FaceTime here on this show because, quite frankly, he just wins a lot. Sterling Smith joining us here on the show from Loot and Booty. Sterling, how are you, buddy? How are you tonight, Greg? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. Uh, and for the folks that don't know, I'm r- literally kidnapping Sterling from his uh, spring break with kids and everything. <laughs> Sterling is a man's man coming on the show. Uh, so I promise I only keep you for a few minutes here, uh, Sterling. But I always uh, love to get the reactions of the winners uh, fresh off the contest. So, uh, you know, when you, yeah, look, no yeah, when you look back over this past weekend, a Sam's Club local, obviously, you know, you only need to finish – Top six to well only, but uh, you need to finish top six to move on to the regional rounds, uh, which hopefully catapults you into the final rounds. Um, you know anything out of the ordinary that uh, you have to t- contend with or deal with in Tucson that uh, you didn't have planned? Well, um, you know, going into that competition, I I, I won GC last year, so um, I had a lot to to live up to again this year, but, um, you know, Iowa Smokey D's came out this year. Um, Darren and Sherry, you know, they have a house in Arizona now, so we're going to see them a lot. So, uh, <laughs> good for us. But, um, uh, they came out this year and they did, they had a great cook. They took RGC. I, uh, ended up taking GC, but, um, you know, when you have the quality of, of cooks there, I mean, you just got to make sure that, um, all four of your meats are on point, you know, the, the winner and the, the top, 35 in every comp are going to have their meats all on point. If you slip one little meat, and especially with Iowa Smokey D's, IB 30, Bad Boys, those teams like that there, you got to make sure everything's on point. So, I mean, every comp's the same. It's, it's consistency. Make sure you're consistently doing what you came to do, you know? Sterling Smith joining us here on the show, Pitmaster Luton Booty. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you're probably going to be seeing a little bit more Iowa Smokey D's than you would normally with the house that's uh, also down in Arizona. Um, You'd mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago you, you, you pull the repeat uh, grand champion. You won the local last year. You win the local again this year. 
Uh, obviously, I mean, you, you want to go in and win everything, but I mean, it's got to be difficult to go in and, and kind of be like the repeat champion two years in a row. Uh, that has to be a, a pretty good accomplishment to uh, hang under the belt, too. Definitely. Anytime you can go into a comp and, um, you know, do the same thing you did the, the year before, it's it's an amazing feeling. And to do it with the, the caliber of cooks that are out these days, I mean, there's so much information out there and classes, and hell, I put on my own classes, and, you know, like, four of the top ten were alumni of my class so i got to deal with those guys as well but um you know go, going back to back is a, it's an unbelievable feeling and I'm, I'm just happy and elated that i was able to do that last weekend in tucson when you have a iowa smoky d show up to a contest and the fact that they've been cooking uh, and not that you haven't but they've been cooking very well here over the last six seven eight nine months uh you know going back into last year uh, is there any kind of uh, an intimidation situation with them, or is it uh, for you? Because I know just from having talked to you a number of times, so Sterling, you seem to be a competitive juices guy that when you see a team like that pull in, is it like, yeah, let's get the gloves out and see who the man is? Totally, totally. When I see, I, I, I would much rather have all the, the big dogs at a comp every day than than um, guys just getting into it. I mean, nothing against guys getting into it. That's great. That's what grows the sport. and and that's how we can grow and advance. But um, when I see the guys who have been doing it and doing it well over time over time, I mean, that's why I love to compete. I, I, I want to compete against them any day. And Darren and I had, a, had a actually joked this weekend that uh, he texted me and said, because uh, he was right next to Turnins and I was a little farther away, and he said, texted me and said, you know, the good thing about being close to Turnins is I can get on every table that you're on. And I told him, I said, bring it. You know what? I want it to be on your table every time. And every time I walked up there and I even told my wife, I said, when you go by Iowa Smoky D turning your box, tell them that we're there and get on this table. Yeah, I'm not going to get any better if I don't compete against guys like that. And I mean, that only makes me stronger, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Sterling Smith joining us here on the show, talking about the Sam's Club local event win this past weekend in Tucson. Uh, Sterling, when you look at your specific turn-ins, you win two categories, uh, chicken and ribs. You, you do very well in the pork category and in brisket as well. But if you look at the scores, I mean, you didn't do any worse than when I mean, you were at 177 on a couple categories. You didn't do any worse than 170. Um, these are scores that typically you, you would uh, love to have regardless, uh, you know, maybe even just one uh, and get into the high 160s and so forth. Uh, I mean, you had to be pretty happy just overall with the cooks and, and, and the scores, right? Outstanding. I mean, that cook was uh, unbelievable. And uh, honestly, I didn't think it was that. I thought it was a good cook. I didn't think it was one of my best. But we did switch up our, our flavor kind of a little bit uh, for this. Um, so we're not used to that. My wife and I, she she's a great test taste tester for me. So she kind of decides what goes in the box, the box based off of flavor. And we switched it up this weekend a little bit. And it was, we weren't used to that flavor, but um, it worked well for us. We, we trusted our instinct and Went with it, but uh, uh, first in chicken, first in two categories, any any comp. I mean, I'm I'm stoked about that. I knew my pork was on point. I was worried a little bit about the brisket, and I remember at awards, um, you know, taking two first and a third, and here in Iowa Smoky D's, the two sevenths and a second in pork. I knew, uh, I know he cooks a, a, a killer brisket. I mean, he's always top one, top two. So I knew he was going to be a great brisket call. So I remember saying to Molly, right around the fifth or sixth place, I said, we need to call right here, bad. I know that brisket wasn't first, second, or third. 
uh, we need to call in the middle of the pack, and we got sixth place brisket. And I knew, and then Iowa Smoky D's took second in brisket, and Rhythm and Q took first. I kind of knew right then that uh, it was down to us, too, depending on how much separation and points. But, um, you know, we pulled it out. Point seven away from a 700 score. So, I mean, I can't get any happier than that. No, absolutely not. Uh, Sterling, I guess one of the, the good things about this particular region, and you know, some of the other regions, you cook a local and you're off six months until you uh, run into the regional. And obviously a lot of the top teams are going to be cooking quite a bit in between there, but do you like the fact that you only have kind of that five-week layoff before you're into the regional round? Actually, I'm not. Uh, last year I did do the regionals, and then uh, I ended up going to the finals last year, which is a great time. I love Sam Club Series. But uh, this year I uh, I signed up for a competition already the same weekend as uh, the, re- the regionals in Vegas. Uh, so I'll be cooking Stagecoach Music Festival. It was a great time. My wife and I did it a couple years ago, and it's a huge music festival. Um, there's an IBCA barbecue competition there, chili throwdown. So we already signed up for that going in to the season, knowing it was the same weekend as the regional in Vegas. And, Whoa. Uh, so we won't be going to the regional in Vegas. We already as, signed up for that conference. As they say in Shark Tank, and for that reason, I'm out. Wow. Get that big stuff out of here. All right. So Sterling Smith wins, and then he's out. So the, so you're going to be uh, uh, heading the stage. Is that Tom Emery put on that one? Yes, sir. Tom right. Emery put that on. And I'm actually uh, – the competition this weekend in Havasu Landing, which is across uh, Lake Havasu from Arizona. It's on the California side. Um, I'm here at the RV Park. Uh, the competition this weekend at Havasu Landing is ran by Tom Emery as well. Yeah, and uh, my new good buddy Mike Lindley is going to be there uh, looking to get a piece of you this coming weekend, by the way. Mike Lindley will be here. When I, I can't wait for the showdown. You know, his <laughs> teammate Danny, uh, He uh, Mike went to Swamp Boys. Uh, competition barbecue class and his teammate Danny came to mine the same weekend so they um, they went and got some rub, rub uh, info and Danny came to my class and got my info so you know hopefully I can um, use my own forces against them too but uh, they're great guys I love those guys and uh, I wish them good luck on RGC yeah absolutely and of course uh, Sterling we wish you good luck this coming weekend as well. There's going to be a lot of big teams out there in Lake Havasu. So uh, continued success, my friend. I won't keep you any longer, and appreciate you coming out tonight. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. You got it. There he is, Sterling Smith. My second favorite, Sterling. Because the other one pays me. <laughs> so uh, he cooks well, continues to cook well, as, uh, as he mentioned. Uh, and he mentioned it before me. I was going to show my investigative skills to say that he had back to back that local event at the Sam's Tucson. But uh, you know, this is you know what I continually find intriguing, enthralling, amazing. What the f? So, you know, if you didn't hear what he just said, or you're just tuning in late, he won the Sam's Club local event, but he had already signed up in advance of, you know, probably thinking he could at least make top six and move on to the regional round. I can't imagine that he would have signed up for Sam's Club thinking that he wouldn't make it, uh, given his success here over the last uh, couple of years, that, and it, especially early this year that he wasn't going to get into the regional round. And he had already signed up for a completely different event that he knew was going to conflict with the regional round and decided that that was going to be it. 
If we win or we move on, that's it for Sans. Get that big stuff out of here. So for all of you Sam's Club folks that move on to the regional round and were fearing having to go up against Team Loot and Booty, never you worry, he's not going to be there. He'll be at Stagecoach with Tom Emery. By the way, shout out to Tom. Old-time show friend, Tom Emery. Um, Just for reference, if we go back and take a look, at the Sam's Club. Uh, overall, Luton Booty just missed a 700 overall score by 7 tenths, a little less than 7 tenths. Iowa Smokey D's, uh, we did the top six that moved on. Uh, he won chicken with a 177, almost a 178. Won ribs with a almost 178. In fact, his chicken and pork scores were only one hundredth of a point off. And then he took third in pork with a 173. Six-tenths separated first place and third place in pork. 173.7 won it. The 173.1 was second. And a 17, uh, it was a 173.14. And a 173.10 was Luton Booty's score. And then the brisket... He had a 170.8, so just shy of a 171. 178.88 took brisket in that category. So congratulations again to the teams that are moving on to the regional round. Uh, Luton Booty will not be moving on to the regional round by choice. They'll be going to stagecoach and having their uh, barbecue wares judged in that event instead. So. There you have it. Thanks again to Sterling Smith for coming on. As I said, I kind of gave him the hard sell about coming on tonight. Yeah, I did. I did. I thought about myself first and other people second. Hard to believe, right? All right, folks, this is usually a point in the show when I'm going to be talking about Butcher's Barbecue and we talk about a whole bunch of other stuff, but forget about all the other stuff. It's time to talk about Butcher's Barbecue newest product called Grilling Oils. Did you miss the segment that Dave Bosk and I did last week? If you did, go back and get the archive. 9.35, Dave was on. We talked intricately, extensively, and eternally about Grilling Oils, the new product. I have been using Grilling Oil in every single cooking application over the last seven days. If I have been cooking inside and making grilled cheese, for instance, um, tonight for dinner because it was, you know, from work, get home, quickly change clothes. We're out the door with the oldest to go to pitching lessons for softball. You know, I didn't get back until 8 o'clock tonight. Made grilled ham and cheese on rye, but instead of, putting the butter on each side of the toast. I took the butter-flavored grilling oil and put it in the pan, heated it up, dropped one side on the uh, grilling oil, put a little bit more in, let it heat up, dropped the other side on there. I'm well buttered. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. Success. Last night, burgers on the grill. I got a new set of grill grates coming from Grill Grate, which I'm going to be very excited to get going and using. So the last cook on the old set of stainless steel grill gates before they get retrofitted out. Burgers 
What did I do? I opened up the bottle of Steakhouse grilling oil. Dave specifically mentioned it's not a over-the-top flavor. You can put it on and build layers of flavor. You can keep putting it on and keep putting it on and building. So I gave it a, a douse on each side, put it on the grill. Every time I flipped, I gave the side that was up a nice dose of the steak house flavored grilling oil. I flipped three times just so I could, or four times just so I could get the butter on there, the grilling oil stuff on there. A great hint of that steakhouse flavor that Dave was talking about. Nothing over the top, though. Subtle. But, man, was that burger moist and flavorful. Oh, yeah. Get yours now. Hook up. Big bottles available. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. I'm going to be trying it on ribs and pork butt this coming weekend because I'm going to be cooking. Not a lot of sports ready. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. I'll talk to you next week about grilling oils as well. We're back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, All right, welcome back to 1662200966. You ever want to get on the show before? Talk about something barbecue and grilling related? Now is your shot. You can also email the show, Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Thanks again to Sterling Smith for joining me this past segment, talking about the win at the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour local event, Tucson, Arizona. It's Reno, Nevada this coming week. It's also Renton, Washington the week after that. Lake Havasu is taking place this coming weekend as well, so we're going to be looking for winners on uh, both the Sam's Club local side and the Lake Havasu side. Some other great competitions. Uh, If Matt Barber is cooking, we'll probably have him back on because he'll have won something. No doubt about it. I mean, he's having an incredible season. Understand that we are in uh, the latter part of March, and certainly I understand that the Florida Barbecue Association has a different you know, financial or a different fiscal year calendar than, uh, well, let's call it competition. It's not all about business with me. But there is a, they run on a different competition schedule. It's not fiscal year to fiscal year. Um, he is one win away from the Magic 7 that gets you automatically qualified for the Jack. So congratulations to Matt on the six wins and uh, getting that seventh win. Um, you know, one would simp- uh, think it would be a huge task, but of course... Getting to six is one thing. Getting the win that puts you over the hump is a second thing. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what I mean. Angela Iverson. Quick to uh, correct me. Uh-oh. Uh, that's what I meant. I know one wasn't a qualifier. But get that seventh qualifier in, and then he's off to the land of majesty, Jack, number seven, and so forth. So, yeah. Good luck to Matt and so forth. All those competing. Congratulations on competing, and good luck to you. 
And if the competition makes my radar, you could be up on this show next week. How about that? Isn't that all great and special? Yes. All right, let's wrap it up. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Brad Leiniger. Getting basted. The overall, overall winner at the Smoking at the Run barbecue competition. That's a dual day or a dual contest. So uh, Friday, Saturday, and then again Saturday, Sunday. So getting basted wins it. Then we talked with David Qualls, American Dream Barbecue Team. He's the organizer of that event. Got a little bit of an insider's look there on the judging and the teams and level of competition, how that helped the city. Uh, we don't know next year if it will happen, but uh, fingers crossed. I'd like to get back out there and MC that bad bitch again. I'll do my part, Dave. You do your part. We'll meet together. Second hour, Mike Lindley, the winner of the Santa Anita competition this past weekend, 100 teams. He'll be in Lake Havasu this coming weekend amidst the, a flurry of other great teams. And then we closed out the show with Luton Booty's Sterling Smith. He will also be in Lake Havasu as well. So, as again, uh, good luck to everybody competing this coming weekend. We will look for you again Tuesday. If you have raw cast iron at season at each and every time, oh my. Little Pam, little Crisco, let it burn back in, and you got generations of rust free service. I'm going to give you updates on my grill grates when I get them. They're supposed to be coming tomorrow. So if you have always wanted to have those, I'll give you my in-depth opinion on those here over the course as I cook on them this week and weekend. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.